0: Hey everyone! I'm so glad you've joined me for this episode of my podcast called "Lies Parents Believe and the Truth That Sets Them Free." Before I dive into this topic, I just want to remind you that you can connect with me on Facebook and Instagram. Facebook is Dorenda Wilson, and Instagram is at Dorenda Lee Wilson. I also have a blog and a website. It's all the same thing, but you're going to find more encouragement there if that's what you're looking for at DorendaWilson.com. And also, if you follow this podcast, you'll be sure not to miss out on any new episodes. So you all know that we have eight kids and that I've been parenting now for 28 years. And I can tell you right now, some of the most common lies that we as parents battle with. And today, I want to talk to you about one of those in particular that obviously affects many other areas. It has to do with parenting, but part two of this particular uh, series is going to include covering the topic of education and the lies that parents believe when it comes to education. We all are painfully aware that we are in a battle for our children and for our rights as parents to determine what's best for them. The enemy is hard at work on all fronts. The voices in our culture are telling us that we are inadequate. It's telling us that we don't know what we're doing, that we need the next product, the next trend, the next training session, the next, uh, you know, series on this parenting class, and there are some great ones out there. But the problem is that all of this information and having access to all of these possibilities has all actually ended up undermining our confidence as parents because what we're getting is this message that we can't do this, that we are inadequate, and we really have to be constantly looking for the next newest and greatest thing in order to be a good parent. And that simply is not true. I wanna speak to that lie today. But before I do that, I wanna give you an example of where I see this happening. Now, when we first started having children, We realized, you know, well, boy, there's some things we need for our baby. You know, we need a crib, we need um, clothes, we need certain clothes, we need diapers, you know, all of these things that we felt like we needed for our child these little bouncy seats and different things. And even when we started parenting 28 years ago, the list wasn't nearly as long as it is today. As we all know, they've opened up stores called Babies Are Us with just a plethora of quote-unquote needs that we have to make sure are met by going to these stores and purchasing all this stuff. And it puts so much pressure on us financially, emotionally, mentally, and it's completely unnecessary. As we grew our family, I can tell you that I got rid of more and more and more things and had less and less that I felt like were essentials for whatever newborn was on its way. So that's just an example of, of just sort of kind of a visual of how the culture has just put all of these demands on us as parents. And this is not at all where God's priorities are. And so I want to talk about that today because I've believe that all of these messages that we're we're getting are really taking advantage of our insecurities. And this is exactly what the enemy does. He will attack our weak areas and convince us that we need something other than God for our answers. And this is what I want to speak to today, because the enemy rules by confusion. The more he can put on us, the more he can throw on us, and we're just, our heads are spinning and we're overwhelmed, and pretty soon we feel paralyzed. But this is what he does. He rules by confusion, and he uses the same temptations that he used on Eve back in the Garden of Eden. Do you remember that that setting? First of all, the chapter two of Genesis starts out saying that the enemy was very, very crafty and nothing's changed. He's still crafty and he loves to bring confusion. And what he said to Eve when uh, she told him what God's rules were for them in the garden, that they could eat of every tree in that garden except for that one. And what was the enemy's response he said, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? Okay, do you hear what he just did? He cast a huge shadow of doubt over what Eve Claimed to have heard from God herself. Okay, this is where it starts, parents. God speaks to us as parents. He's given us instincts. He's given us insights into our own children. He knit us together. He has knit our families together. Whether we have adopted kids or biological kids or stepkids, God has bound us together. He has knit us together. He has weaved our families together intentionally. He is going to give us wisdom along the way as to how to raise these children. And we begin to sort of get our land legs. Okay, I think I know what I'm doing with this particular child in this particular area. And the enemy will come and just wipe our feet out from underneath us. He really tries to just knock us down by causing us to doubt that God actually spoke to us about our children. And this is how he gets his little foot in the door. The next thing that happened in the Garden of Eden is that he told Eve when she said that they would die if they ate of this tree of the knowledge of good and evil. He said, you will certainly not die. Now that was an out and out lie. And then he went on to say, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God. Knowing good and evil. What was he insinuating there? So here's this this lie, and then he moves straight into casting a shadow of doubt on God's character and his intentions towards us. He's basically saying that God is trying to cheat us, that he is withholding good from us. And I believe that he often uses the onslaught of information, social media, And other people to lead us down that road. And this is where we have to be so careful when we're listening to these voices and when we're reading things and when we're hearing things. And we need to filter those and ask ourselves is this when we start to get that stressful feeling that we often get when this is going on? We need to ask ourselves. Is the enemy using one of these tactics on me? Is he casting a shadow of doubt on God's goodness toward me as a parent, that he would give me the wisdom that I've asked for, that he will lead me, that he will guide me, that he is a good God and that he has good intentions toward me always and forever. They are the purest of intentions. He wants us to believe that God is trying to cheat us and that God isn't who we think he is. And if he can do that, he undermines so many other things, especially when it comes to our parenting. Now, what we need to understand is I mentioned that sometimes other people lead us down that road. That can be people who are very negative about what it is we're doing as parents, um, it can be uh, voices we hear in social media. But the bottom line is that God will use other people in our lives. So we don't want to just kind of go into this little, um, you know, pull back into our little turtle shell and just never listen to anybody or talk to anyone because God can powerfully use other people in our lives, the right people in our lives. But the bottom line, the underlying truth is that if God is going to talk to anyone about what's best for our kids, it's going to be us, you guys. And why is that? Because God has given us, these kids, and we bear the ultimate responsibility for their health, for their well-being, for the way that we parent them, for the values that we instill in them, that is on our shoulders. It is not on anyone else's. And when we really begin to understand that, it can feel like a heavy load. It can almost feel... um, like we're buckling underneath it. But the bottom line is, it is okay for us to feel that pressure, but we should direct that energy towards getting our wisdom from God instead of working from a place of fear and taking in too much information, comparing ourselves with other people, allowing ourselves to be distracted from what God has called us to do as parents. So let's talk a bit about parenting and um, the, the basic overarching lie that is being spoken to us over and over and over again. Sometimes it is so subtle that we don't even notice it. Like when we're being told we need this gadget and that gadget and this thing and that thing um, in order to be a good parent. That we need to do this and we need to do this. We we hear about grace-based parenting. We hear about, you know, how important it is to discipline our kids and we need to, you know, keep our authority as parents. And it all gets so confusing. But the underlying thing that the enemy is trying to to get through to us, the lie that he's trying to speak to us is this: that we don't really know what we're doing, and we need someone else to tell us how to parent. We're being told that parenting is too hard. Have you noticed that on social media? They make it sound like it's too hard. It's so hard. It's an excuse to drink. It's, you know, uh, um, you've given up your life. you're um, That this is a bad thing. To be a parent is such a hard thing that you can't do it. And maybe... You should just abdicate as much as you can to someone else to make it easier. You guys, that is exactly what the enemy wants. Here's the thing. Every lie has enough truth in it to make it believable because there is an element of truth to that. We can't do this on our own. We do need other people in our lives. We need a support, a community of support. Those need to be the right people. Those need to be people who are, for the most part, on the same page as us. They need to be people who understand what we're doing and respect um, our journey as we're walking it out with the Lord. And here's the thing. We do need wisdom. We need insight. We need discernment. We need good judgment. We need perception. We need understanding. We're only going to find that through the Spirit and the Word. And again, that can happen through other people, people we respect. When you are looking for a mentor or you're looking for someone to talk to about a specific area that you're struggling with as a parent, go to someone you respect. Go to someone who's been there, done that, and is down the road. I know it can often be um, easiest to go to our peers, and sometimes that can be helpful, but often they're not really much further down the road than we are. Find someone that you respect, whose kids you look at and say, wow, I really respect how they parented those kids. And I want to hear what they have to say. I respect these, these areas of their life. I respect their walk with the Lord. I want to hear what they have to say. And just pray about it. If you don't know who that is, pray and ask God for wisdom. But the bottom line, everything has to be filtered through what God is already telling you, what He's whispering to your heart as a parent, and what the Word of God says. So I'm going to go through, because we're specifically talking about wisdom right now, I'm going to go through some verses on wisdom. Because if we're going to find out what God has to say and what God, um, what God's wisdom is, we go to His Word. So I'm going to go through some verses, and this is where we need to, to get direction for our parenting. So as far as wisdom, let's read this. Job 12.12 12 says, Is not wisdom found among the aged? Does not long life bring understanding? Again, this is where we need to find someone older, someone we respect, someone who's down, a further down the road, who can give you wisdom and insight proverbs thirty seven thirty the mouths of the righteous utter wisdom, and their tongues speak what is just proverbs one seven says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction and this can be tempting to do. we can become prideful very quickly and think that um, you know on the other end of the spectrum that maybe we know everything and we don't want um, anyone speaking into our lives or giving us instruction. And this is where you kind of have to walk that fine line of, of obviously seeking God first and then taking what these people you've gone uh, whom you've gone to for wisdom and filtering it through what the Lord is telling you. Proverbs 3, 7 says, Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. Again, another call to wisdom. Proverbs 4, 6, and 7. Do not forsake wisdom and she will protect you. Love her and she will watch over you the beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom, though it costs all you have. Get understanding. Parents, it's so important that we seek wisdom in our parenting. Proverbs 13.1 says, a wise son heeds his father's instruction, but a mocker does not respond to rebukes. Again, um, we want to be following God's instruction. We want... um, and we want our kids to do the same. We're setting this example by seeking wisdom. God says in uh, Ecclesiastes 2.26, to the person who pleases him, God gives wisdom and knowledge and happiness. Um, 1 Corinthians 1.25, for the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom and the weakness of God is stronger than human strength. Here's the thing, you guys. You're gonna find that God's wisdom is often going to look Ridiculous to the world. Do you hear what I'm saying? It's not going to be met with approval so much of the time. And this is where we need to be courageous as parents, again, to recognize what is wisdom and walk in it in spite of the pushback that we are feeling in our culture, in spite of the pushback we might feel from other people. I had this incident when uh, one of our sons was very small. He had um, a bit of a temper and uh, I had a close family member who was criticizing me to no end that I was not hard enough on this child. And it was interesting because I sort of like took that and I started trying to be a little bit harder on him and my mom heart just said a big huge no. And I talked to my husband about it and he said he said Dorinda God is going to show us how to raise our kids. We need to be listening to Him. And if this is what He's telling us to do, we need to pay attention to it, and we need to heed to it. And you know what? That particular child is an absolute joy and delight as an adult. And we have such a good relationship with Him. And this is what we want, you guys. This is what this is where God wants to take us with our families if we will follow His wisdom. Colossians um, Two, verse two and three says, my goal is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love so that they may have the full riches of complete understanding in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. You know, we go seeking so many other places so quickly and the treasures of wisdom and knowledge we find in Christ, we find in the gospel. James 3:17 says, "But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, and peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere." That's how we can recognize true wisdom. One of my favorite verses of all time, and I share this all the time, is in James 1. It says, "'If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. But when he asks, he must believe and not doubt, because he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That man should not think he'll receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man and unstable in all he does.'" That's when I have found myself the most unstable, when I have said, Lord, give me wisdom. And then I grab my burdens, and I run away, and I try to find it myself. You know, Lord, give me wisdom, and I run over to Google. And and I'm not saying God can't use Google, but I am saying, are we waiting on Him? Are we truly waiting for that wisdom that can only come from Him? Are we allowing Him the time to bring it to us? rather than trying to grab it for ourselves. So lots of verses on how important wisdom is. Proverbs 3.13 says, Blessed are those who find wisdom, those who gain understanding. Wisdom is all over the Proverbs. If you want to do some more uh, looking around and growing in what God has to say about wisdom... Proverbs is a wonderful place to go. But here's the bottom line, you guys. We have to silence the voices, those outside voices. Make them quiet and listen to that still, small voice. Now, let's hone in even more on this lie, okay? Um, it's so important that we recognize the lies and that we go to the truth. Okay. It's one thing to recognize the lie. It's another thing to combat it with truth. You know, in the scripture, it talks about putting off sin, putting off things that are not of God, but it also talks about taking on. So we put off the lies, but we need to take on the truth. So I'm going to read some verses to you um, that have to do with parenting, just to remind you that they're there, that God is not silent on parenting. God has something to say about parenting. And you know what? The interesting thing I've learned over the years is that I will have read a verse in one season and it fits a specific thing for that season. And then I'll be in another season and I'll read the same verse and it will fit it, but in a different way. God's truths are timeless. The trends of parenting the trends of uh, child rearing, even within the church, can sometimes be very, very um, blown around. They can go from one extreme to the other. And this is what tends to happen is there's this pendulum string swing. Um, when we were raising our kids, the big thing in the church was um, a certain parenting program that was very, very... Um, Adamant about keeping the rules and about making sure that our kids towed the line, then it went way to the other end of the spectrum. And it was grace, 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 grace. And grace is a wonderful, wonderful thing. And we definitely need that in our parenting, it's a huge part of our parenting. Um, This is why the gospel is such a huge part of our parenting as believers, is that we've been shown grace. And as we're shown grace and we see the ways that God shows us grace, we pass that grace on to our kids, but we also hold them to a standard for their own good. It's out of grace that we set those boundaries. It's out of grace and love for them that we say, I'm sorry, but you are going to have to... um, Feel the consequences for your poor choices because it's better for them to feel it in the safety, um, in the safe environment of our home where they know they're loved than it is for them to experience it out in the world. We would rather have that taken care of as far ahead of time as we can. There's some things that they just have to learn once they're out of the house, but we do our best to be diligent while they're at home. So let's talk about some of these parenting verses. Colossians 3:21 says, "Fathers do not embitter your children or they will become discouraged." Again, I believe that that harshness that can be so tempting, you know, a lot of authoritative um, parents struggle, with uh, becoming harsh, um, and this can this can embitter our children i I grappled with that sometimes um, because sometimes that was my tendency, not all the time, but sometimes it was, especially when I was angry or upset or frustrated. but God is saying here don't embitter your children. Or they will become discouraged, and so we watch for this in our children. We watch it, how are they responding to this this discipline that I am placing on them, this this requirement that I am making of them. And um, we're just careful, you know. If if they um, if we see that they're discouraged, we go back and we say, "Hey, I want you to know I love you, and that I don't want you to be discouraged. I want you to know." That I have your best in mind. And you know, just reassuring them of your love for them. There's so many different ways that we can approach that. But it is important that we don't, um, that we try not to discourage our kids. You know, sometimes they need to grow, sometimes they need to overcome an obstacle. But you know, this is the great thing, is, is that as believers, we're not just walking out the word. We have the Holy Spirit to show us in each situation what is needed whether we need to be more firm in holding our ground or whether we need to back off a little bit. We can trust Him for that, you guys. We really can. And guess what? We're not going to do it all perfectly. But God's grace is sufficient. I can tell you, he is so good at covering the areas where we are weak. He is so, so good. He parents right along with us. We're not in this alone. Ephesians 6:4 says, "Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Do you see the difference? Exasperation is uh, impatience. It's just being, "Oh, you're such a pain. I don't know why you don't get this." And again, we all do this. But the beauty of the gospel and being a gospel-centered home is we can go to them and say, look, that was a wrong attitude towards you. God does not feel that way towards you, and I don't either. I did in that moment, but I know that's wrong. And then we bring them up in the training, training and instruction of the Lord. This is having their best interest in mind. We want them to always know that we're on their side. Exodus 20:12 says, honor your father and mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God has given you. I'd had to remind my kids so many times, I know you don't like what I'm telling you to do and you don't like this directive, but the, but I knew in my heart they needed to do it. And the reasoning behind it that I could hopefully motivate them is to say, God will honor you if you honor your father and mother, even if you're frustrated, even if you don't understand why you have to do this thing. Trust God enough to honor your father and mother and know that he is going to bless you for that. Even if we're dead wrong. I've told my kids that. If we are dead wrong, God is still going to honor you for honoring us. Hebrews 12.11 says no discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Discipline is not fun. And often God is disciplining us as we are disciplining our children. Have you ever had that happen where He is straightening some things out in my own heart while I am working with my children? And we need to remember that it is okay for our kids to be unhappy sometimes. When we know there's that sense of peace that god we're doing what God's called us to do, it's okay for them to be unhappy. We need to just trust God to work in their hearts. Proverbs 13.24 says... Um, I'm sorry, Proverbs 22, 6 says, start children off in the way they should go. And even when they are old, they will not turn from it. That is a directive to lay a solid foundation. If our kids have a solid foundation, whatever choices they make later on in life, they have a foundation that they can return to. And that is a gift that we can give them. Proverbs 29.15 says, To discipline a child produces wisdom, but a mother is disgraced by an undisciplined child. How many of us have been there in the grocery store when our child threw a hissy fit, right? Well, the interesting thing about that is it's embarrassing, it's true. But instead of pretending that it's not happening, trying not to deal with it, feeling condemned because it happened. I just believe that that's God's red flag to say, hey, this child is in need of discipline. There is a need here. And this need just moved to the top of my priority list. I have left the grocery store with my cart um, sitting there while I took my children out to the car to deal with them so that we could go back in and finish what we had started. And my message to my children then, uh, when I did that, was that this is not acceptable, and but it's not going to drive me from finishing what it is that needs to be done here. We're going to finish getting our groceries, but we're going to deal with this important thing first. Then we go back in, and the kids have a chance to have a redo, to try it over again. This is part of showing grace. Okay, you understand now what, what the directive is. Now we're going to go in and, um, and you're going to follow mommy's directions. So this is, this is just, the I just love God's word. It addresses so many parenting issues. Proverbs 29, 17, discipline your children and they will give you peace. They will bring you the delights you desire. Here's the thing. If we are not disciplining our kids as God has called us to, we're going to be miserable. So this is this is there is an ebb and flow to this because I know that as a parent, I will walk along for a while and everything will be in a good groove, and then all of a sudden, without realizing it, I will have sort of let go of the boundaries, and the kids sense that a mile away, and they begin to uh, it f- begins to feel like chaos, and I start to get frustrated and overwhelmed and. Um, and angry and bitter towards my children. And nine times out of 10, I pull back and I realize, oh my goodness, I have not been keeping the boundaries that God has told me to set with these guys. You know, things like um, I find out their room is a horrible disaster. And part of the reason is because I wasn't inspecting those chores every morning. Our kids had to make their beds and get their rooms picked up and cleaned up every morning and I would do inspections. Well, when I failed to do that for several days in a row, we ended up with a mess and we ended up being frustrated and uh, I ended up getting angry. And so this is, again, here it is, God's word just laying it out so clearly for us. Another thing we can remember Lamentations 3:22 and 23 because of the Lord's great love we are not consumed for his passion his compassions never fail they are new every morning great is his faithfulness. You know sometimes parenting can feel consuming. And here God's saying because of his great love we are not consumed by anything because His compassions never fail, and His mercies are new every morning. Remind yourself of that when you fall into bed completely exhausted after a challenging day with your kids. His mercies are new every morning. Matthew 6, 33 and 34, but seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. How much time do we spend worrying about the future? Whether it's other things in our lives, but I'm going to speak specifically to parenting. Those people who say to us as we're walking around with our little ones, oh, just you wait till they're teenagers. You know what? What? Those naysayers are wrong. The, ch- the teen years have their challenges, but I can honestly say I have never had so much fun in my life than I have had with our teenagers. So stick that in your hat. <laughs> we don't need to worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will worry about itself. You know, God has given us mercy and strength and grace for today. If you're parenting a seven-year-old today, don't be thinking about when he's 10 or 15. Just be enjoying and doing what God is putting in front of you to do today. God will give you wisdom along the way. Philippians, uh, in Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7, it says, don't be anxious about anything. But in every situation, Every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. You can be that mom that's walking around at peace because you have taken your anxieties and your worries to the Father, this Father who loves you with an everlasting love, You've reminded yourself of the things that you have to be thankful for. You've presented your request to God. God is the one who gives us peace. We're not going to find it anywhere else. We're not going to find it in doing the next thing. We're not going to find it in changing our curriculum or um, our parenting style. We're going to find our hope and our peace in Him. Now, if God leads us towards a different parenting style, then by all means, yes, Peace will come through that, but that's not because of the parenting style. It's because of God. He is the one who brings peace in all things. Proverbs 1, 8 and 9 says, Listen, my son, to your father's instruction, and don't forsake your mother's teaching. They are a garland to grace your head and a chain to adorn your neck. We need to remind our kids that our instruction is good, that God has placed us in their lives to help prepare them for the great purposes and plans that he has for them. This is right where God wants them. And this instruction that we're giving them, we, they need to learn to value it. 1 Peter 5, two and three says, be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care, watching over them, Don't do it because you have to, but because you're willing, as God wants you to be. Not pursuing dishonest gain, but eager to serve. Not lording it over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock." Guys, do you see that? This is written for church leaders, but we are leaders of our own little flock, our own little church, as we are parenting our kids. We're teaching them how to be the body of Christ to each other. We're shepherding them. This flock is under our care. We're watching over them, not because we have to. God's telling us we're not that our hearts should be not, oh man, I have to parent these kids. Doggone it, it's so hard. I don't really want to be doing this. I'd rather be doing anything else. He's saying, don't do it because you must. Do it because you're willing as God wants you to be. And when it talks about not pursuing dishonest gain, but eager to serve, I have been totally guilty of this. But sometimes I see my children as a direct extension of me. And when they embarrass me and I react to that in a way that's not pleasing to God, that is an example of dishonest gain. I am trying to gain my dignity back rather than having my child's best interest in mind, separating myself from my child. My child is responsible for their behavior. I am responsible for mine. And this is a really tricky thing, but an important thing to remember as parents. Our children carry the responsibility to do what God has called them to do, to honor and obey their parents, to try to do what's right as we are teaching them and instructing them. We are not responsible to make them do the right thing or if they do the wrong thing, all that is is a signal to us that we need to work on more training. Right? This is just a call to training. It's not a failure. And I know this was so hard for me to wrap my head around um, that when my child failed, it didn't mean that I had failed. And sometimes I had. It's true. But We know the difference. Uh, Satan wants to bring condemnation. If you're feeling condemnation with those thoughts, you need to push that away. And instead, embrace the truth. Okay, if I haven't been doing my job, Lord, I'm sorry, I'm gonna get back to it. Sometimes I've even apologized to my kids. I said, you know what? I have not been... um, doing what God's called me to do, and in, in having you guys keep the standard that we have set as a family for getting our chores done or um, you know what, how we're treating each other, those kinds of things, and said, you know, and I'm sorry for that. I, I would tell the kids, and let's pray and ask the Lord. I'll ask the Lord to forgive me, to forgive us, and we're gonna make a commitment to move forward to walking in obedience to God. This is modeling real life Christianity to our kids. This is what it looks like to be a disciple of Christ. Um, share another verse. Psalm 127, 3-5. You guys, I love this verse so much. Because when the world is telling us that parenting is hard, it is also whispering a lie that children are a burden. I have scoured the scriptures. My husband has scoured the scriptures for every verse on children. Nowhere in the scriptures does it ever refer to children as a burden. Children, it says in Psalm 127, children are a heritage from the Lord, offspring, a reward from him. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior are children born in one's youth. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. They will not be put to shame when they contend with their opponents in the court. I'm telling you, Growing a family, whatever size God leads you to have, growing a cohesive family is essentially uh, growing a bit of a force to be reckoned with. I feel like I know that my kids have my back now that most of them are adults now. They would be at my side the second I needed their help. And this is the beauty of laying a good foundation as a parent. And are you listening to these verses and recognizing how incredibly opposite they sound to what the world is telling us about children and what the world is telling us about parenting. Parenting is a privilege. It is an opportunity. It's an opportunity to not just grow our children, but to allow God to grow us alongside of our children. We also want to look at Ephesians 6, 1 through 4, that says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. See, this is a directive to our children. This isn't, I tell my kids, "This." I didn't make up this rule. God did. He said to honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment, with a promise, so that it will go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. This is... Something I would jokingly tell my kids: I would say, you know, God's word says to honor your father and mother, so that it may go well with you, and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. In other words, and I would go to the opposite end and say, if you do not do this, your uh, things are not going to go well for you. <laughs> and uh, but I love that. But Joshua four twenty to twenty four, uh, God. Joshua set up at Gilgal the 12 stones that they had taken out of the Jordan. And he said to the Israelites, In the future, when your descendants ask their parents, what do these stones mean? Tell them Israel crossed the Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the Jordan before you until you had crossed over. The Lord your God did to the Jordan what he had done to the Red Sea when he dried it up before us until we had crossed over. And he did this so that all the peoples of the earth might know the hand of the Lord is powerful. And so that you might always fear the Lord, your God. The message in this particular passage is that we are to pass on to our children what God has done in our lives. Tell our children our stories, our stories of salvation. Tell our children, specific times and places when God met us in a very real and meaningful way. I love telling the story of how um, my husband and I met and how God showed me that he was the one for me. Because what we do is we show our kids what a real living relationship with God looks like and we make them part of that story And they begin to be able to see that their life is a story that God is weaving together. And that's what we want for our kids. We want them to be thinking um, about who they are in Christ and who God might want them to become. In Psalm 78, it talks about... um, talking about telling our children the things our ancestors have told us, not hiding them from our descendants, but telling the next generation the praiseworthy deeds of the Lord his power, and the wonders he has done. He decreed statutes for Jacob and established the law in Israel, which he commanded our ancestors to teach their children so the next generation would know them, even the children yet to be born, and they in turn would tell their children. This is the point, you guys. We're supposed to continue to pass on these things to our children. Titus 2 talks about the older men being worthy of respect, self-control. But then it goes on to talk about, teach the older women to be reverent in the way they live, not to be slanderers or addicted to much wine, but to teach what is good. Then they can urge the younger women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled and pure, to be busy at home, to be kind and to be subject to their husbands so that no one will malign the word of God. I find that so interesting because this is what God calls us to. He calls us as older women to be teaching the younger women, for younger women to be looking to the older women as mentors. And I think this is a difficult thing to find in our particular culture. And honestly, my prayer is that this podcast... And my blog where I share uh, some written posts, my Facebook page and Instagram, provide the kind of mentoring that... um, God lays out here, I want to encourage you to love your husbands and to love your children, to be self-controlled and pure and intentional. When he says busy at home, I think that has to do with being intentional, to be kind, to be subject to our husbands, understanding that this doesn't mean we're under our husband's thumb. It means we are equal, but different. And we understand that our husbands carry a burden of leadership That we don't have to carry. We're there to uh, work alongside of each other and to be a team. So, again, there are just, there are more verses that I could read to you, but my goodness, those are just a few. And I hope that you will, that this will encourage you to go to God's Word and to really be digging in and looking for where is God's giving me a directive when it comes to parenting, because His Word is full of wisdom, full of insight. And we've also, like I said before, we have the Holy Spirit right there to cast a light on the word of God and to show us how to apply it to our own lives. So you guys, we don't have to be unstable as parents, but we do have to be intentional to stay focused on what God is calling us to. That comes first by coming to Him, coming to His throne room every day, asking Him for wisdom, believing, like it says in James 1, that He will give it to us, and moving forward in confidence, looking for, watching for. what? Where is God working? And how can uh, when we see God working, um, we ask Him for wisdom as to how to join in and cooperate. because God's working all the time around us, in our kids, and our husbands, in the people that we meet along the way, and our friends. But I'm spe- because I'm specifically speaking to parenting today, I want you to understand that you're not parenting alone. You are parenting with the savior of the world, the God of the universe who created you, created your children, weaved you together with intention. Do you think he's just going to walk away from that? No, he is faithful and he will give us everything we need to do what he put in front of us to do. Godly parents discipline their children. That means that we take seriously our role in their lives to train them. It starts with behavior, but ultimately we want their hearts to become oriented towards godliness. This takes time and faithfulness to continually seek God's heart for our kids and for us because we're a piece of this picture too. How does God want to grow us as we parent our kids? You know, comparing ourselves to others or constantly doubting every decision we make, honestly is a complete and total distraction of the enemy, and it only leads itself to doubt and inconsistency. Training, like military training or training for an athletic event, requires focus. We focus on God. We focus on His Word. We focus on listening for that still, small voice, and we determine to walk in obedience to it no matter what anybody else is saying, no matter what our culture is saying, we need to be obedient to God. And remember that this we have this authority as their parents to make these decisions because God gave it to us. It is God-given and no one has the right to take it away from us. In the next podcast... Um, I will be talking about the lies that parents believe when it comes to education. So guys... All of this just requires a growing trust in God and His care. And so let's take a minute to pray for that right now. Lord, I just thank You so much for this time together. I thank You for Your Word that is absolutely brimming with wisdom and clear direction, Lord. Open our eyes to see what You have to say about parenting, about the areas that we're struggling in. Lord, help us to go to Your Word first and let you speak to us and then let the other things that come along that are of you just confirm what you are already telling us Lord because if any if you're going to talk to anyone about our kids Lord it's going to be us And so we welcome you. We open our hearts to what you have to say because we know that you're good. We know that you're faithful. We know that your hearts toward us and our children, your intentions are nothing but pure and loving. Father, thank you for being such a good, good God. In Jesus' name, amen.